You're listening to the Body of Believers podcast, where everyone has a story to share. We want to help encourage and uplift fellow believers with stories of God's love and faithfulness. So thanks for joining us as we listen to another example of God's transformative mercy and grace. We're back with another episode, coming at you with another banger. I'm your host, Max Curry. I'm here with your co-host, Sydney Schock. Hey. And our guest this week, coming in at six, two and a half, the man, the myth, the legend, Dax Bryden. Yes. I'm so stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Dax Bryden. I'm the Z8 Corner at Lifelight, um, and I'm just so on fire for the Lord. Yeah. Um, Dax is somebody that I met recently, but now I, I can't get enough of him. I see him everywhere I go. Um, so Dax, who is Dax Bryden? Like who, who are you? I am just an ambassador of Christ and I'm a servant and, uh, I'm a, I'll be a senior this year at Lincoln high school. Um, and I just love to, to go spread the gospel with my friends. We have Bible studies each week. Uh, I love putting on worship nights with my friends and, um, I like to ride motorcycles and BMX. I love to go on tour. I love to speak and, uh, on stages and stuff like that. And I just, I love to share the word. Okay. So obviously you're very on fire for the Lord, but that doesn't just happen overnight. So, well, it can, if God wants it to, but most of the time it doesn't. So tell us like a little bit about your story. Like how did you meet Jesus? Just start from square one. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty crazy story. So, um, right after I was born, before I could remember, um, my mom and dad split up, and my dad stayed here in South Dakota. My mom moved to Utah, and I went with my mother. Um, and, and, you know, growing up in Utah, it's very known for being Mormon. So I grew up, grew up in the Mormon church, and um, I was the youngest of four brothers. And then two stepbrothers eventually came around, and I was still the youngest. And um, and I always got bullied by my brothers. I always got pushed around. And, um, and I never, you know, also being the Mormon, I never really had a true relationship with the Lord. It was just go to church on Sunday, pray before you eat. And that was it. And I, I never truly felt his presence. I never, never thought about going to him when times were hard. And, um, you know, being the youngest, as I say, I was getting bullied all the time and I never really had any true friends. I would come to South Dakota, um, for the summers and I'd go back and forth and I just, I just felt very lost. And I felt like, oh, cause I was the youngest. I felt so alone. I felt, um, that no one truly cared about me, that no one truly loved me. And, um, when I was about eight, I was, I just got tired of being the youngest and I decided that I want to go move with my dad. Um, so I moved here in about, about, I think it was like fourth grade I moved here and, um, nothing truly got better at the time. I didn't think about that, but it never really got better. Um, I'd go to Utah for the summers and so I couldn't really make friends. I couldn't really hang out with them on the summers because I was always going back and forth and, um, and when I got to middle school, I started getting caught up in bad friends groups. I was like, okay, like this is, this is what I thought love was, was these people. Um, I, I was searching for in all the wrong places. And so, um, I was hanging out with them. We started breaking into places. We started stealing from stores. We went to the mall and we, we got quite a bit of, <laughs> quite a bit of stuff. And, and we started smoking weed, um, from his older sister's in, in his uh, parents' garage from his older sister, 
And so I started getting caught up in that stuff. And um, I, I knew that there was something better than this. Uh, I always had that conscience like, oh, okay, like this isn't right. Like what I'm doing isn't right. But I just kept going with it because that's all I thought I had. And there was one day um, when I when I was in Utah for the summer, I was just felt so lost. I was like, okay, like there's nothing going for me. Uh, I don't feel loved by my parents. I have a bad friend group. I don't have any friends, true friends that truly cared about me and were, had a good impact on me. I had nothing and I had no hope, but I, I, I was so rock bottom and I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, like what's next for me? What, what do I have? And I remember just laying in my bed. It was a week before I moved back to South Dakota for the school year. And I just cried out to God. I just remember bawling my eyes out and and just crying out to him and, and submitting to him and asking, give it, like, give me a sign, you know, give me something. And a few months after that, um, it, it came uh, time for winter and I was getting back from school. And this is like, this is a crazy part. Um, I was getting back from school and it was freezing out middle of a blizzard. And I remember I had a key, like I always put this key in my backpack and I remember packing it and I went and I could not find my key. I walked, you know, I was up at my door and I could not find my key. And I called my parents, no answer. But I remembered that my neighbors were having a disciple making group through collision. Um, and I, I, they always invited me, but I always pushed it off because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like um, I was too lost for God. And that was, that's something that like really messed with me. I felt like I was too lost. I feel like I wasn't good enough. And, but I went because it was so cold and um, I remember sitting down on the couch with these probably a dozen people and two leaders. And I was I was sitting there and I was like, wow, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of Jesus freaks. And um, that night I gave my life to Jesus. You know, they asked me what my testimony was. I didn't have one. And that's where it started, you know. Uh, that's where everything started. And, and just my neighbor's, you know, my neighbor's uh, house and the, the funny thing is, if you don't think God has humor, I literally found my key five seconds after I gave my life to Jesus, and it was just, like, that's God, you know? So, um, since then, uh, I started going to the Life Light Youth Center, um, and my faith just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, I, I encountered more people. I had a stronger relationship with the Lord. I got a Bible, and people were just feeding into me and, and truly just filling me with the Lord's love and um, I eventually I got so strong in my faith that Josh Brewer, the CEO of Life Light, invited me to go speak um, in Michigan and share my testimony. Um, and the funny thing is that that first time we did it, it was the first time I ever spoke. Um, I was on stage and I was so nervous and eventually it was kind of like a Q&A and he asked me what my favorite Bible verse is and I froze and I didn't have anything. So like I always remember that, like, that was the most embarrassing thing in my life. Um <laughs> But since then, I've gone to speak all over the country, all the schools, um, thousands and thousands of people. Now I'm the Z8 coordinator at LifeLight, and um, and I'm working with a bunch of my friends. We're just doing worship nights every few weeks, and the Lord's really moving in my life, and He's starting to move in my family's life, and um, it's just super awesome to see what He's doing. I do have a question. Do yeah. you know what your favorite Bible verse is now? My favorite, if, if you don't, I have a few. Yeah. The first one I was ever taught was second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. Gone. The new is here. And that was the first verse I ever learned and memorized. And, 
Um, and I just think about that, like, oh, all my past mistakes that I had, all my sins are just there, you know, they're truly gone. And then, um, my, my, my favorite verse now that is very present, um, you know, being a youth, being a senior in high school and, um, truly being around a lot of lost people my age, um, is first Timothy four twelve says, do not let anyone look down on you because of your age, but set an example for the believers in speech, faith, love, conduct, and purity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I have a question. Um, so obviously you have done a lot of really cool things for the Lord. Like you said, speaking in front of thousands of people, like that's amazing. And I think like one of our goals for this podcast was to kind of show like almost the behind the scenes, like to just to show like, for example, like people see you speaking on stage right and they probably think like wow that's amazing that he can do that and that's amazing that God has done that in his life and like it is amazing but like um just like talk a little bit about like like the importance of like spending time alone with the Lord and like him filling up your cup because like all of that is just like overflow of your relationship with God, right? Like obviously you know the Lord well and like you hear his voice and you're guided by him and that's like why you're able to do all this stuff. So I'm just curious, like what does like quiet time look for you or like reading your Bible or prayer? Yeah, you know, for me it was really hard and really intimidating to open up a Bible where that, you know, the beginning literally says, oh, the father of the father and it's super intimidating. Oh, I don't want to read all this. And it's, you know, it's a big book. Um, but last year, I think it was two years ago, we were actually at the Sens, um, and we were, the Send kind of does stuff all over, uh, the city the day before. And we, you know, we brought our sound equipment, uh, Lifelight, we brought our sound equipment, um, to have the stage set up, um, doing baptisms and baptisms and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we were just kind of hanging out, people were playing music and all of a sudden Todd White, um, gets up on stage and he just starts preaching and it was so fire like man people were literally getting healed right in front of our eyes you know people started to run running over to the the pig troughs to to get baptized and i was just so encouraged like his prayer his preaching just everything he does was just so pure and so powerful and after it, I went and talked to him. I go, you know, how how can my prayer, my faith, my my preaching be as strong as yours? Like I love doing this, but I'm not confident in. And you just you you're doing what I love to do. And he looks me in the eyes and he goes, the most critical time of your day should be that quiet time with Jesus. And I'm gonna say that again. The the most critical time of your day should be that quiet time with Jesus. And that really just like punched me in the gut. I was like, wow, like. And, and, you know, I started doing that and my, my life seriously changed when I, when I started making that the most important time of my day and not having any distractions, like the Lord starts to speak to you. There's a verse in the Bible that says, if, if you, if you want hearing, I don't, I can't remember. Um, but if you want to hear God, it's from the word of Christ. And if, and that's something that I always struggled with, like, okay, I want to start hearing the Lord. It's like, it's right there. Just open up your Bible and, you know, every night I, I try to read three to five chapters, but I I also try to stay in worship and prayer because, because you know, in order, you know, First John 1, 1 says, in the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, you know, it, we use words as humans to communicate, and communication is key for a relationship. And if you want a relationship with Jesus, you have to be in the word. And that's what I want. I just want a relationship with Jesus. And when you're in that word, you know, 
you your life seriously changed. It's it's life changing. It's hearing the stories, you know, having all these things and and truly coming to you. It's just it's awesome how it just changes your life. So, yeah, that's something that I think a lot of um, people in our culture today struggle with is like the idea of like reading a book to get their knowledge and like yeah. people complain like oh, God doesn't physically speak anymore. Like we can't see him like, you know, the fathers of our religion, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those guys, like they, they literally heard the voice of God through like visions and like he physically talked to them. But I don't think that people realize like that, you you know, you brought up um, 1 John 1, 1 or was it John 1, 1? Oh, I must have, I, it's John 1, 1. I must have said 1 okay. John 1, um, And it's like so cool that, God's word, like that's like the embodiment of him, like in words, like the spirit worked through, worked through men to like write this book. So you can't say that God doesn't speak to us today because every, every house in America has a book full of his words and an entire guide that is sufficient for us to live our lives. So I think that that's a weak excuse that people use sometimes is that, oh, God doesn't talk to me anymore. This is an outdated religion, all these things. But we have an entire, well, we have 66 books that are still perfect, perfectly applicable to our life today and have so much um, wisdom and insight and knowledge about how to live a godly life, but it starts by opening it. Like you have, you have to open it up and read it if you want the, the wisdom and the insight that comes with it. It it takes discipline. Like it's not easy just to, to read a book that's very intimidating like that, but um, I just want to speak on that just for a little bit longer. Like if you, if you truly don't believe like the Bible is, is present today, like there's a f- like a few things like the Euphrates river drying up, like no way that is coincidence in the, and there's a river that says it's supposed to turn red and it turned red. And just like, there's all these things that is happening and it's just so present. And when you truly like start to read the Bible and you start to actually study and understand it, like your perspective starts to change on things. And like, that's something that the Lord's been teaching me lately is like, when you truly submit to God, like, and you know, like the book of Job, like when you truly submit to God, like your things might not get better, but your perspective changes on things. So. Yeah. I love that. I recently heard an analogy too of like, um, like say you're married to someone and you like only hear about them from other people. Like you only hear songs about them or have other people tell you about them. And that's how like so many Christians live today is they just hear about God through church and music and like maybe a podcast or just other people. But like everything changes when you actually go to God personally and have a relationship with him. And like, I can totally see the fruit of that in your life. So that's awesome. And then kind of going off that, like, you're pretty young. Like you're going to be a senior in high school. And I feel like a lot of other people your age, like would look at your life and think that your faith is like unattainable. Um, and like, I just love how like your faith infects like every single part of your life. Like it's not like a thing on the side. It's not a hobby. Like it is every single part of your life. And I think a lot of high schoolers or even college age kids like really struggle with that because they think oh I have school and sports and my job and my relationship and I just don't know where God fits in so for people who have that mindset or are struggling with that what advice would you give them yeah I I totally understand that too like I you have to take sacrifices and that goes back to discipline um 
but yeah, school and, and stuff like that and sports, like I had to sacrifice, um, loving football. Like I, I never had a chance to play football and, um, cause it does take time. Um, another thing is I had to quit a job that was getting t- paid $20 an hour. Like it was awesome, but it takes sacrifices, but it is so worth it. It's so, I just like, I just think about like when I die and I, and I go up to see God and he goes, well done and good, good and faithful servant. Like that's, I just look forward to that each and every day. Like, because I know that what I'm doing is worth it. And I don't want my friends to to have to suffer for eternity. Like it's tough, but it's so worth it. These, these, these little trials that you're going to have to go through the suffering, um, that you're going through right now, it's only temporary. Like the stuff that you have to sacrifice is only temporary, but it, but there's such a good and amazing purpose for it. And, and so like for people out there that are truly like, Oh, I don't have enough time for God. It's just like, well, for one, you don't have to sacrifice everything right away. And maybe you don't have to sacrifice everything at all. You just have to start somewhere because all that's all God wants is he just wants a relationship with you. And you can get that relationship by reading maybe a verse a day. It just starts at that. But see, when you truly, when you truly like want a relationship with him, you each day, if you keep doing it, your desire gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So if you start with a verse, you're not going to complain, oh, I have to read two verses a day. No, you're going to want to go read a chapter or maybe read a whole book in a night. Like it's when you, when you really want to give up your life and give it to Jesus, like you, it's a desire that you want. It's not a, oh crap, I have to go do this. Oh, uh, this, oh shoot, I have to do this now. You know, it's like it, it becomes a desire, which is, which is super awesome. So. Yeah, I I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people out there can too, like this idea of giving things up. And one um, thing that comes to mind that I think the first time that I heard it was actually from Sydney, but I have heard it a couple times since then is just this whole idea that like the discomfort that we feel now, whether it be an awkward conversation with a loved one about the gospel or the discomfort that we feel um, by like giving up drugs and sex and all these worldly things is going to be way, it's going to be way more uncomfortable in the flames of hell than it is living right now without some of the worldly things in our lives. And that was just something that really hit me and has impacted me in the way that I think about things. Um, yeah, just the, the discomfort that you would feel um, from eternal damnation versus the little things that I'm that I might be missing out on right now. Um, one question that I did have that I wanted you to speak into a little bit, because I think that sadly more and more, this is something that people struggle with is, um, the idea, like your parents divorce. Cause you know, I, I come from a similar background. My parents have been divorced since I was a young age. So, um, for the people out there that, have divorced parents or struggling with, um, parental situations like that. Like how was that situation for you? How did you, what about that was difficult and how do you feel that you overcame that situation? Yeah. Um, I definitely used to have really, really bad separation anxiety. Um, so going back and forth was just brutal for me and then having to fly alone and, and having that time away from each of them was just super brutal. But, um, that was something that was super hard, just anxiety, just that, that feeling. It just hurts so bad. And, um, but I just gave it to God. I just laid it at the foot of the cross and, and he took that away from me. He fought those battles for me. Um, 
but I also had to just truly submit to him. And yet it's hard, man. Like my, my dad's an atheist and my mom is still Mormon and, um, it's tough, you know, but, but it's my mission field right now. Like, like praying for them consistently. And I've been praying them for years and, and, and recently like my mom has started going to a non-denominational church and she sends me videos and it's just like awesome. And my, my dad has started going to church with me sometimes now. And it's like having them separated, um, was super tough, but I think, I think God did that for a reason to where I could work on them separately because they're two completely different people. And, and that goes back to that, that, um, just keep going. It, it truly changes your perspective on things because, um, if they, if they were, I could have just blamed God. Oh, like, why did you have to separate them? And I did that for a while. Um, but when you truly submit to God, your perspective changes on things. So like, Oh wow. Like now I can truly work on them separately. I can pray for them. I can go there and I can, and have these conversations with them and, and, you know, the trials builds, builds perseverance. So. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I want to go back to something you said earlier when you were kind of talking about making sacrifices. I think something you said was like, um, like a sacrifice can even be having, uh, or no, you said you don't want your friends to suffer for eternity. That's what you said. Mm -hmm. And then earlier you also shared like right at the beginning that you love sharing the gospel. And I just want to talk about that for a second because I love this topic, but like, how do you like incorporate evangelism into your everyday life because I just recently did like a discipleship training school and some mission work where it was like really heavily focused on just evangelism, like sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone. And then coming home, I was honestly just like shocked and like confused and discouraged about like the lack of evangelism in like our churches and most Christians lives and my, like even my own life. And like the people around me. So like, what does that look like for you just like day to day? And what advice would you give to someone who like has never shared their faith with anyone or wouldn't even know where to start? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things about that is like when people see, I'll kind of talk about this and then I'll go back to the evangelism. When people see like, Oh, I get questions like, Oh, why don't you go and party? Why don't you go drink? Why don't you smoke? Like even last weekend I got those questions of like, people are surprised that I don't do that. And I don't go to parties and stuff like that. And it's like when people see that, that you're truly following the way of God and you're not living for worldly things that, that sets the seed and people are like, wow, like what is he doing differently? And people start to notice that. And, um, and when you go, when, when I do evangelism and stuff, um, I, I have found a solid group of friends. You know, I started praying to find groups of friends that would actually go and do this stuff with me because, you know, it's hard doing it alone. And, and, you know, going back, you're going to, oh, if you've never shared before, it's, you just need to start praying. If you feel scared to, you just need to start, you know, you start praying for boldness and it's all about prayer. And, and, you know, in my opinion, it's all about prayer. And when you start to pray and you asking God, Oh, give me a desire to read the Bible. Give me, give me friends that want to go to this. God's going to provide, maybe not in the way that you want it, but the way you need it. And something I would recommend if, if you have never done it, just sit in your room and just start going over scenarios and stuff like that. And, um, another thing that I had to do was I just had to start being in more tune with the Holy Spirit, because if you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to know what to say, who to talk to, what to do. But when you read the Bible, when you start spending time in that quiet place, like Jesus, like what we were saying early, earlier, like you start 
to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. You can hear the Holy Spirit. He can tell you, oh, you're supposed to pray for that person as they walk by. Oh, what should I say? Like he, they, God will speak through you. And, and he's done that for me a few times. I'm like, I don't even remember what I said because he just spoke through me. And so, yeah, if you've never done it before, just start praying and start, you know, going back to that quiet time with Jesus. That's your foundation is that relationship with Jesus. So go, go to that and, and start praying more about, about those specific things. Yeah, I love how you said it starts with prayer because I was just reading this in Matthew 9, but it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So I love that, like, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And that can be, like, really overwhelming almost, I feel like, because it's like, that's so true. Like, there's literally billions of people who have never heard of Jesus before, and it can be really overwhelming to take on that burden, but Jesus literally says to start with prayer. So, like, I love that you said that. And then I also love how you said, like, community is so important, um, and just how you are praying for community, and that's even how your testimony started, was just walking into, like, a group of yeah. people, like you said, a group of Jesus freaks. So, like, what does community look like in your life today, and how does that play into your faith? Yeah, um, you know, once I got that job at LifeLight, it built, it built so many relationships with other people, like, um, they're not just coworkers to me, they're actually, like, family now, and, um, and going to school and collision is a really big impact in my life. Like, um, going to school and going to those collision lunches, like I started to meet people, um, and, and started inviting them to, uh, you know, to worship nights and stuff like that. And, um, community is such a big thing. Like we, I have a Bible study that me and my buddy lead and every Tuesday and like during the school year, we were having like 52 people in his basement. Like that was the most we ever had. And, and, and people, you know, going back to when people see that you're like, you're living a different life that truly impacts them and they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so community, like have a Bible study every week. Uh, we do worship nights. I have this, we have a team that we, you know, for the Z8 that we, we, we plan worship nights and we do prayer and stuff like that. And, um, and you just got to have, you got to ha- get a solid group of friends that you can truly trust and that are going to uh, be accountability partners that are going to push you, that are going to, um, that are going to, you know, want you to do more and, and, and that discipline, you know, like you got to have friends that are wanting to push you and not, not, you don't want to stay in that comfort, comfort zone. You want friends that are going to push you and, you know, seek discomfort and stuff like that. And, um, so community is such a big thing and you learn from other people, like you learn from your elders and, um, cause they've lived, th- they lived through your trials that you're going through now. And, um, so community, like it can literally be anyone. It can be your siblings. It can be friends. It can be anybody. And, um, but you just have to find a solid group of people that are going to push you and that are going to, uh, be accountability partners for you. Yeah, I think that's super important, and that's something that we see a lot in Acts and like the early Christian church. Like, there's a lot in the Bible about fellowship, or that's what they would call it, fellowship specifically. And I've I've actually been reading this book recently, which if you go to Sioux Falls Christian and you're a senior, you'll find out soon enough. Called Habits of Grace, and it has a whole um, part in the book dedicated to fellowship, and just the this idea that we get fellowship wrong a lot these days and fellowship doesn't really look like people sitting down and 
talking at a Super Bowl party. Like those things are great, but you need to have friends in your life. Like Dax was saying that like hold you accountable. They're going to push you like the Bible outlines like two different reasons for fellowship as you know, people that you can go out and evangelize with, um, people that are, have their foundation built on Jesus Christ and people that are going to help you share the gospel. And then the second purpose is what we were talking about with them holding you accountable and not letting you stray so far away. And like the, the sign of a truly good friend that cares and loves about you is going to point out your flaws and help you get to the place where you need to be rather than just... Um, tell you how great you are all the time and let you know that everything is all right. So I think that having good friends is so important because, you know, Solomon says in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So just this idea that like having good friends is so important and something that is overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of getting close to wrapping it up, Dax, but you have so much good wisdom and it's just so impressive to see like how much you're doing for the Lord and how much you trust and rely on him at this young of an age. So I just have one more question. Um, Since you're going to be a senior in high school, do you know what your future has in store or what are your plans? Yeah. Well, first of all, all glory to God. I wouldn't be here with without what he's done in my life. So all glory to him. Um, my plan is, I, I'm not planning on going to college, but I'm going to go to YWAM, um, after I graduate. Um, I know you guys are fans of YWAM, um, but the ministry I'm working for right now is just, it's seriously so awesome. And it, and, and I love music and that's what I get to do. I, we get to work with artists. We get to put on worship nights. We get to do on big festivals. We get to go all over the country and the world. And, and that's what I love to do. So I'm going to continue working at Lifelight and just doing what I love and what the Lord's put in my life. So. Sydney said that that was the last question, but I have one one more last question. Right. Um, for ev- like everybody out there that's um, in high school right now, and maybe at a point in their life where you were, where they you know they're feeling like they're not good enough and they're caught up in a bad crowd and doing things that they probably shouldn't. Like, what is the best advice that you would give them as you know a saved? You're you're you become a new creation. You know you've there's been revival in your life. So what advice would you give to that person that's stuck in that hard place? Well, first of all, you have to understand that you're not stuck and you're not too far gone. When you realize that again, your perspective changes. And, and when you truly do that, when you truly understand that, like, Oh, I'm not stuck. There is freedom over there. Like you want that desire. And, and and if, if you don't want to be stuck anymore, you have to reach out to others because, you know, going back to fellowship and community, you know, you're not going to learn if you, if you don't, if, if you're not being vulnerable and, and reaching out and you're not going to, you're not going to have any change if you're not reaching out. So I would seriously just, I'm sure this is so cliche and people say it all the time, but just reach out to maybe a buddy that you know is doing really good in their faith, or maybe it's a teacher or it's someone at collision or you're a mentor or a, a church. You just have to reach out and just just be vulnerable, you know, going back to Job, but he was vulnerable. Like he, he shaved his head and he tore off all his clothes and he became vulnerable to God and submissive. And, and then his perspective changed. So just, just be vulnerable and just reach out to others because people, people, you know, people are praying for you and you might not know it. There's people that, that, that love you so much. And that's something I didn't know that there's so many people, people love you so much. And another thing is that like, I was even thinking about this today. I was looking at a 
picture of Jesus on the cross, like, and you could just see like a tear in his eye. And I just, and I was looking at that, I was just meditating about it and just like, like he was thinking about me and he was thinking about Max and Sydney and he was thinking about you like on that cross. And just there's, there's hope in the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus, but reach out and, you know, go, go, go in prayer. Maybe give, maybe give that Bible that has dust on your bookshelf, give, give it a chance because it's going to change your life and I guarantee it'll change your life. Yeah, that's awesome. If you're encouraged by Dax and you want to grow in your faith, start with community, start with prayer, start with reaching out, start with opening your Bible. That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to pray us out. Uh, Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for all that you have done for us, God, and that you're the reason we're here right now, Jesus. It's because you gave your life for ours and you love us, Lord. And yeah, that's the whole reason we're here. So I just thank you so much for all that you are and all that you've done. And I thank you for Dax and for his life, God, and his obedience and his yes to you. And I just pray that you continue to use him in mighty ways to glorify you and to build up your kingdom, God, and that you would reach so many more people with him. And I just pray for anyone listening who maybe was where Dax was and just needs to cry out for you, Lord. I just pray that this would um, encourage them to do that and would encourage them to reach out to you, Lord, and to reach out to others and surrender anything that they might be holding back from you. And in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dax, for coming on. Uh, We appreciate it. Um, We will see you guys in the next one. Bye.